Welcome to the Accounting Technology Fireside Chat Podcast. Now, sit back and enjoy while Nick and Trevor help you use your technology to make money and delight your clients. Well, hello, Trevor. Welcome back. The Fireside Chat's been away for a little bit, but we're here now. How are you? I'm very good, very good. Um, a little bit isolated down here in Victoria, but we'll <laughs> move on from that. Uh, the world's changed back to, I suppose, a little bit normal. I've been doing this for a few years now, so it's no, not a huge impact on me, but um, the rest of the state is uh, having a few issues with it, I'm sure. Yeah, no, well, I, I'm sure it won't be long till we go up and down with all sorts of places, but it is what it is. Um, yeah. So... Um, yeah, COVID. Let's talk about COVID. Um, huge impact since we last spoke to everybody. I think when we last did a podcast, everybody was still at work and, and, and most, you know, older managers wanted everybody in their desk at nine o'clock and leaving at five. And suddenly we're, we're thrust into all working from home and, and doing all sorts of things. How have you seen that impact the accounting industry? Uh, for me, the, uh, you know, like I'm, I'm working with an accounting firm at the moment and the initial response was exactly what you said then. Um, I can't handle this. I can't see my staff. I don't know if they're working. So we went on to an intense pro- training program on Teams and I got him to have a look at chats and see, get involved in chats and see what was going on. And he really got, he started to see the feel and the vibe of the business coming through. So he, he felt a lot more comfortable. Three days later, he said, you know what? This is better than um, what I've ever had before. I've got a better idea of how my staff are working. I think we've seen productivity improve in the accounting industry based on that there's less disruptions, there's no travel time, there's all of those sort of things are going on. So we've seen an increase in productivity because of the use of teams, and this is um, from the firms that I'm seeing with that. Uh, For example, they run a monthly team meeting. They don't do that in the office anymore. They've made a decision that monthly team meeting has more involvement and more people coming to the meeting when they run it on a Teams meeting like this. So there's some real interesting positive spins coming out of it. Um, they, they, the whole accounting industry, I think, across the board has made a, a, a step for the last three months to reduce everybody to four days a week. I think that um, they should have done six hours a day. I think that the moving and saying, well, I think most people can only get working from home is six hours a day. I think that's a good day for people. So why why take a day out and they can't do anything anyway? Why don't you give them a couple of hours off? And that, so that was that's what I've seen in the marketplace. So productivity improve and people embracing the technology. So so you and I have been you know, working in offices and at home for years and years and years now, me probably longer than you. Um, from the point of view of actually being productive at home you know everybody says it's really easy to go over and pat the dog and and you know chat to your family and you know make lunch and do other things um now my oldest daughter's not even 20 yet and she works in it support and she manages to get up and work her full day and she found she keeps her discipline because they run a team's call all day with their team with videos on chatting to each other as if they were in the office have you tried that does that work is that intrusive um, I, I do i'll do it for a little bit here and there i don't I haven't done it the whole day where we chat because we're jumping in and out of so many different things but i suppose it's something that i could do but my little team that i work with in uh in the biz tech division you know, the two of us and i we're instantly we can get access to each other so we'll go off and do what we've got to do come back we do run a morning huddle 
which I, we talked about one other time, where we get together and it's not what are you working on. It's not a workflow meeting. It's a um, good morning. How's your coffee? How's your day? What did you do last night? It's pretty boring during ISO. Uh, Mondays, you know, it was getting a little bit more interesting to have a chat about those things. Um, but we then do jump into to-do. So I've really started using Teams Planner and the to Microsoft to-do, um, and we look at our day within there. That's uh, We'll have to talk about that at another stage in detail, but that have a look at that if, you, if anybody's listening. Have a look at how Planner, Tasks, Emails, all integrates into Microsoft to-do. It's, it's changed my world. Oh, okay, that's that, that's cool. That's interesting. And we will do another session on to do and planner and and all sorts of things. And I've got to say, there's a whole series of webinars we're about to release, which is um, a lunch and learn Office 365 thing. And I know there's a whole yeah. section on using Teams and planner and that and that. So that will be that will be pretty awesome. So um, moving on, we've got everybody who used to work in the office, and you had things like servers and firewalls and all sorts of stuff. And now everybody's working at home. So that security is all broken. Um, do you see any impacts? Do you see any risks? Is anybody talking about the risks of taking people from being inside the walled garden of the office and making them work from home? Or is this just an extension of, you know, what we've been talking about for ages in outsourcing and getting guys in other countries to do work? What do you think? Uh, yeah, look, it, uh, the, 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 business, the businesses that it's funny, you know, they seem to be having one foot in each camp you know they still want to have their server i think a lot of businesses still want to have their server and seem to have one of a few things on file they want to have access to a few things so they haven't completely gone cloud those businesses that have gone cloud and and, and we're talking accounting firms 100 percent cloud realistically for them that move was nothing security is there it's built in and they see that but when you've got to start accessing servers through remote desktop and all of these sort of um environments, their, their, their security has got to beef up a bit. And I would probably say there's a few holes hanging around in businesses that haven't done that properly. So, um, you know, you're the expert in that space. And I know that when we did it back, gosh, Nick, how long ago was oh, it? Don't, don't I've aged since then, Trevor. <laughs> dear, oh dear, yeah, I oh dear. know. We've been working this space. But you remember we, our, um, I, I'll never forget that our biggest concern for security was our remote desktop. And we had a what they were a sleeper sitting in there waiting to get access to our Azure servers. So, um, and you saw it immediately. But you know, it was just it, it, there's a hole in there, and you can tell. Yeah, there's there, there are there's there's lots of holes as well. So I assume you've now turned on multi-factor authentication everywhere, and you've you've got that because yeah. because I think that's a big risk. And and one of the things you know I've, I've kind of had my eyes open to this a little bit more recently. So I've been doing a certified ethical hacking course, which is always a whole ton of fun. And um, one of the things we found out is if you use your work email to log into Facebook or LinkedIn or anything else and you use the same password, a lot of those services have been compromised. So yeah. things like you know, there's been a compromise on LinkedIn, there's been a bunch of compromises on Facebook. Yeah, If you've used a work password and it doesn't get changed regularly and you've used a work email in any of those services, you can find out if you've been hacked. So I'm, I'm actually going to get – Trevor, do you have a browser in front of you? Oh no! Yeah, let's give this a go. This would be fun. Not you could, me. you, you me. could, you could do this at home. This is lots of fun. So there's a website. It's called Have I Been? So H A V E I B W E N Porn P W N E D dot com. Have I been 
P-W-N-E-D. So oh, it's it, this before. It sounds like an evil place, but it's actually a um it's a well known site. I think it's run by an Aussie. Um and what you can do here is you can just type in your work email address, and I suggest you do that, and, and just click the button that says pawned. Um and it will go and have a look and it will say where you've been pawned. So for me, Nick at Hub1.com's been around for a long time and I do reset my passwords. I have multi-factor authentication, but I've been caught in an Adobe one, I've been caught in the anti-public combo list, Apollo Canva. Oh, yeah, yeah, Apollo, <laughs> I've done. I've only got um, three. Dropbox, Edmodo, Discus, Kickstarter, <laughs> Zynga. I have been caught everywhere, Trevor. Oh, yeah, hang on. Not three. Yeah, <laughs> no, here we go. 456. Yes. 9,765. Uh, that's, that's how many pawned accounts they've seen. So it's probably likely. So, so if you, if you go to that site and you put your email address in, it's a really good idea to then straight after this, this listening to this, this, um, podcast is to go away and change your password. Right. And th- there's some really, really good ideas. And basically there's three steps, right? You, um, can use a password manager. Um, uh, and a password manager will allow you to securely store your passwords and have different passwords for everything. Um, uh, you've got, you need to enable two factor authentication. So that's, um, buzzing on your phone or using an authenticator app. What have you found, Trev? I just want to go, I just want to go back and just cover something off here. So yeah. the message is that how many accounts have I been pawned on? So if I use my, and I'm not going to go and tell you which one I'm using, uh, I have been breached three times, not 456, because if I use my, um, accounting firm one, yeah, go on. I've got none. Well, look at you. Well, that's because it's a fairly new account. You haven't used it as anything else. Sorry about the dog. Uh, yeah. That's, um, <laughs> so, good news. No porn fan. I, I'll try another one. Let me just see. Just, I, I just want to, because it's a bit deceiving. Down the bottom, it does all these websites and all that sort of stuff. But that's everybody, not just me. Um, I know it was a bit confusing, that one. So, let's just do the next one. Um, no, same. Good news, no pornage is found on the so two only the only one that's had a problem with it, I'm not gonna say is yeah, my one I won't be using much more in in, in any case. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty good. Hey yeah, so Nick, you mentioned about password management tools. Where, what's the difference between that and using Active Directory single sign on? And, and what do you sort of recommend is the best way to manage your passwords? Okay, it's a really interesting question. You know, Active Directory single sign-on, well, Azure Active Directory single sign-on, yep. the cloud version, there's no on-prem version, um, really works quite well with a bunch of web applications. Yep. Um, there's other companies who do add-ons to it. So that's kind of nice for the work stuff. It's when you've got other apps you have to sign into. So you've got stuff on your desktop or you've got, and and this is all converging, right? It's getting better. But if you've got mobile apps, which aren't web apps, those things struggle to work with them unless they integrate fully. A lot of things getting there. A lot of things are allowing you to log in with your, like your Office 365 account, but it's not all there yet. So that's where something like a one password, um, or, or a decent password manager. And there's some commercial ones out there, which will integrate with Azure Active Directory, which are, which really make that stuff come together. They make sure your passwords are super complex and difficult. You don't even know them and you can manage them centrally as a, as an organization. So there are some solutions out there. You have to pay for them, but they're really effective when you get them in place. 
And, and what about Google? Like, you know, you've got your Google password managers and all of those sort of things. What are your thoughts on those? Well, like, that's, that's an authenticator, right? So that, that helps you do multi-factor authentication. No, no. You know, when you when you go to log in and it says, remember my password here. Oh, your, your browser remembering password. So, yeah, yeah. So, so same stuff. And that's, that's, that's and at least on Windows, I know that's integrated with the operating system. It's pretty secure. It will follow you around from device to device, yeah. which, which is kind of cool. Um, don't lose your Gmail password then because you'd be in all sorts of trouble. Um, yeah. And that's great for web applications. But it, again, not everything's on the web yet. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then that leads into a really cool thing, the new um, version of Edge. Yes. Have you been playing around with that at all? I have had a bit of a go, and I'm quite impressed. But what are your thoughts? I have. So there's a there's an open source project called Chromium, which is what the Chrome browser is based on, and that's yep. what the new Edge is based on. So pretty much it's almost the same as using Chrome, but integrated with your Microsoft ecosystem. So Yeah, so a little bit more secure again if, yep. if you wanted to take it that way rather than having your... Gmail I, I do find less memory usage and better battery life on Windows with Edge than I do with Chrome. Um, mm. I don't, don't know about you, but I find sometimes Chrome's using 100% of my processor and all my memory. Um, Edge doesn't do that. So I've got a, I've got a little um, uh, Surface Go, which is a little um, Surface device, and I run Edge on that, and it gives me you know, a day and a half of battery life. It's really good. For all the accounts on the call, probably the only thing I haven't tested to see if the new Edge works with the ATO portal and the MyGov login and all that sort of stuff. But Does, uh, does, does anything work with the ATO should. portal? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's actually working out better with that new MyGov ID, I, I'd have to say, than the old portal logins and the, the, the digital signatures. So I actually think the new MyGov ID is a lot better and a lot easier to use and the security seems a lot more beefier. But, um, yeah, I haven't given it a go with the new Edge. No, no. So, so that's a bit of security. So we've talked about logins and those sort of things. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, there's malware and malware protection. Um, yeah. This is funny because this is kind of where we started in PC security. Um, I remember trying to diagnose a virus on DOS called Chemnitz back in the day that was written by some Russians and was, a, a if you're interested, a boot sector infector, which actually changed how DOS talked to the hard disk, but you don't need to know that. Um, but I managed to hand fix that one. Um, you couldn't hand fix them today. Um, but lots of people think, well, if I've got antivirus, I'm fine. Um, what's, yep. what's your thoughts on that? What's your understanding? Of I, look, Nick, you know, we've been running Windows, you know, just using Windows Defender. My theory on my PC is I have nothing on my PC that I am worried about losing. So, you know, like um, everything that I've got is stored somewhere in the cloud, backed up and stored. So if I got a, a malware, if I got something that couldn't, that hadn't infiltrated my cloud applications, then I'm saying, okay, well, I can just go and blow my disk or my computer away, reset my machine, and away I go. It's a couple of hours' work, or a worst-case scenario, I can throw it in the bin and go to Harvey Norman and buy a new one. You know, um, and I've been in, we've been doing that for quite some time, but, you know, what? I, I just keep on hearing that, you know, we can have Windows Defender, we can take that approach, but having something like um, antivirus is still a good thing to, to put over the top. Uh, the problem... You know, is it the conspiracy theorist in me feels that every time I do put antivirus on my machines, I have viruses. So, you know, there's <laughs> around there with that with me. I don't, I don't think I've had a virus, 
on my machine for five or six years now, and everybody on the call is going to probably try and infect me with something, but um, all these smart guys out there will probably try and flick me something, but I haven't had any of that. So Okay, yeah, so, so I, there's, there's a couple of things which are a little unique about the way you work, and, and I'll, I'll kind of go through them. Number one, you're all in the cloud. You, yep. Your apps are mainly web-based apart from Office, um, and all your files, and I know you're really careful with this, are synchronized to um, OneDrive and OneDrive for Business and are actually hosted in the cloud. And you get a bunch of benefits out of that. Um, one of the key benefits, one of my favorite things, is Microsoft's ransomware protection. So if you don't know what ransomware is, that's where some evil guy comes along and encrypts your files and asks for money to decrypt them. Um, and uh, lots of people have those. If you have Office 365 and your files are stored in OneDrive for Business, Microsoft offers you ransomware protection. They will guarantee you can get your files back. So you don't mm -hmm. need to worry about that anymore. And, you, and you're lucky, right? You log into Office 365, all your files are in the cloud, everything you use is web-based. Yeah, you're, you're in a, a fairly unique position, but lots of people aren't in that position. And, and, and even now... The new version of OneDrive will back up your My Documents and your yep. downloads automatically yep. as well. So if you configure it, it to. Oh, yeah, okay. Right? So, <laughs> well, so there you go. You, you've <laughs> done that. But lots of people don't, and lots of people don't know how to. And there's also lots of legacy applications out there. So if somebody's in a position where they have a legacy application, it has to talk back to either a hosted server or a server on-premise, on-premises. Sorry, I shouldn't use the word on-premise. I get slapped for that. Mm -hmm. um, it means something different. Um, but if you've got the, the, the stuff on-premises, on, on um, you need something that's going to manage your security posture in a way that's more configurable centrally. So the built-in antivirus in Windows is brilliant for what you're doing, Trevor, because you just need it configured default because you're running effectively an optimal configuration. For, yes. for some organizations, they need to have a little bit more control and a bit more governance, and that's where a corporate managed anti-malware, antivirus platform is probably a good idea. And that's either as you become a bigger company or you have more specific needs. So if you have, if you are running, for example, um, MYOB servers and remote desktoping and doing all those sorts of uh, VPNing and doing all those sorts yeah. of, of, of things, then you'd probably need to beef up that area of your protection. But in your world, you don't need to because we've configured it so you, you can have a very vanilla environment and be very secure and very protected. Yeah. And. Exactly right. And I haven't had any. One of the big things that I do get, I do see lots of is their whaling attacks. Um, yep. And I don't know how you can protect yourself. I've had uh, the last few days, you know, somehow one of the firms I'm working with, they've, they've put a VoIP system on. It's picking up that we've got VoIP, so it's trying to get my password and, and, and get me to log on to a voice message, one of the other ones, which was a fake voice message, um, and those sort of things. So you've got to be really careful with those things, don't you? You've got to look at look at the emails and who and the who they're coming from. So I used to get heaps from you, but I don't get any anymore. It used to, they must have realized we didn't have any money. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. so <laughs> I love your work. So I, I think I think one of the things with that is always go and look at who sent it to you, not just the name, but the actual email address. If you don't recognize yeah. the email address, you'll know it's probably dodgy. Um, if it is an email address you recognize, look at what they're asking you to do. My favorite one is, contact me. I need to urgently transfer some money. Um, I, I had one from actually from a customer where they emailed me and asked me to do something strange. And I went, really? And they emailed mm. back and went, yes, 
but it wasn't them. It was the guy who'd infiltrated their email account yeah. coming back to me. So, so even if you email them and they, they start communicating with you, do the old fashioned thing, pick up the telephone and, and give them a call them. before you ever do anything like click on a link or transfer money. Yeah, and I suppose you think multi-factor, isn't it? You really think multi-factor authentication. Take that same approach when you're doing those things. So mm. if someone emails you, we, you know, just had a, a situation with a lawyer and the lawyer said to me, he goes, oh, this is what I'm going to do. Money's going into my trust account. We're going to do that. Before I transfer it, I will send you an email to get confirmation and then I'll send you a text to get a further confirmation on yep. those things. Yep. Multi- um, so multiple modalities. We had a yep. discussion. He emailed me and then he texted me to do a final confirmation to make sure. And and they, he was saying they've actually got legislation around their trust accounts that require them to do that now. So yeah, that's that, a, that works. the way we so, are. Yep, that is that is the way we are and the things we need to talk about. Hey, security is an enormous topic and there's lots to unpack. So I think we should do more sessions on this coming up talking about yeah. different things. But seeing as we now we've decided, by the way, to do the fireside chat on a weekly basis just because we're, we're going to be like that. It's webinar Wednesday when we record all these types of things and get them out to you. It'd be key to get some feedback from you and, and leave them in the comments letting us know. Um, what kind of topics you want us to cover and which people you want us to get on the show? Because as we've done before, we've had lots of external guests and we can certainly get some more, can't we, Trev? That's it. That's it. And, uh, you know, there's, you, you know, lots of people. I, I'm starting to get to get back into the accounting industry. So some people from within the accounting industry might even be worthwhile having a chat with. Yeah. I think it'd be fun to chat to some lawyers as well. Cause they, that, what they're yeah. doing at the moment with tech is fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're having a hell of a time. Anyway, cool. So security, COVID, you're in lockdown, so you're going to be easy to get hold of. Oh, definitely, yeah. <laughs> At least we can play golf still. They haven't taken that away from it's, us yet. It's so. coming. It's coming. No, no. <laughs> they can't, they can't. There'll be definitely riots. Crazy golfers running around. Crazy golfers with their golf sticks. <laughs> uh, with weapons. You know, like we've got weapons. We can hit golf balls. We get projectiles and all those sort of things we can do. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's a good that's a good comeback for us. Um, uh, I will catch up with you next week. I used to know what we were talking about next week, but I don't at the moment. So really important um, on the podcast, make sure you subscribe to be updated when we release a new instance. Um, make sure you give us a like because that that helps. We've got um, yeah over 400 subscribers to this podcast now. So I'm, I'm keen to get more and more of you. And when we crack a thousand, I reckon we pick somebody at random and send them a prize. What do you reckon? Yeah, easy done. Easy done. All right. Surprise. I've got oh. plenty of Hubbard t shirts. You know, we'll send one of those out. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds awesome. Hey, Trev, it's been great to catch up with you today. I hope you have a fantastic day. Okay. See you then. And look after yourself in lockdown. Cheers. See you, mate. Bye. Bye.